Hi there, I'm Craig Merriman, and welcome to another episode of Focus on the Patient podcast. In today's episode, we highlight Bob Goldberg, co-founder of Prosper DTX. Prosper aims to protect cancer patients from the side effects of treatment that threaten well-being and survival. With over 25 years of experience in policy research and advocacy, listen in on how they hope to accelerate patient access to new medicine and reduce costs by providing digital supportive care. Here it is, our next episode. Please enjoy, and thanks for listening in. Hello, and welcome to the Focus on the Patient podcast, where we explore standards of excellence in healthcare, particularly focused in the cancer setting. With me today, we have Bob Goldberg. He is a co-founder of Prosper Digital Therapeutics and also a VP for the Center for Medicine in the Public Interest. So Bob, before we begin, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I will uh, tell you everything that I know about myself and the rest you'll have to find out on your on your own. That's relevant for today's show. I've spent 25 years doing policy research and advocacy to accelerate access to patient access to new new medicines, to do so in a personalized and prospective way. And most recently, I've done that from a uh, Center for Medicine and Pol- uh, Public Interest uh, hat. As uh, co-founder of Prosper, as uh, you know, Aubrey, um, there's a lot of great data. We're awash in data. We're awash in everything, but everything doesn't seem to be organized around what patients and their caregivers need. And uh, that is a problem because even as the treatments become better, Um, we still see way too many people in the hospital or in the ER or with a lower quality of life than they should have, but for the lack of, because of the lack of prospective care continuity. So um, there's, uh, I I think there's a lot we can learn um, in developing these, these approaches, but I also think that I, I still, it still blows my mind that no one's doing this. <laughs> that you know, you're Absolutely. doing it, I'm doing it. It's like, <laughs> what is? The, do you understand what people go through? I mean, it's just right. uh, when I had a hip replacement, um, you know, I think I got more care and feeding than the regular cancer patient. Yeah. Um, so, uh, just as an example, it's like. The health plans and the hospital systems here in New Jersey just started a home infusion pilot program for cancer patients. Now, why weren't we doing that five years ago? Right. So um, I I think the the ability to develop this this kind of things that we're talking about, to stay in touch with people remotely, um, should make a, hopefully will make a, a, a big difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, there's just, you know, if we take that evidence-based approach, there's research upon research around the importance of social connectivity and that, you know, that surrounding system around that patient and the influence that that uh, ecosystem has to improve outcomes, to reduce waste, to enhance a patient experience. And so there's absolutely an opportunity to be able to do so. Um, yeah. And so. It, like I, I, have a, I have a friend who runs a telehealth company in out of Australia, Hugo Stevenson, I'm going to plug him. It's called Induction Health. And 
Um, he gave the example, you know, we we're talking about the value of these kinds of interactions. And he gave the example of, you know, somebody in his family, uh, a circle of friends died. So um, they said, well, why don't we send flowers? We said, well, wait a minute, sending flowers, why don't we just pick up the phone or go there to offer condolences? And I think um, just that be the care with a capital C is something that we constantly tend to overlook with the emphasis on evidence and pathways and stuff like that. Yeah. And the, the human element of it as well. So, yes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, you know, get, given your background of, you know, I might, I might just say understanding policy, understanding incentives, understanding, yeah, um, you, you know, I have on my, my whiteboard, this like three circle yeah. Venn diagram of, of delivering hope, creating hope and paying for hope and how, how yes. that kind of unit actually works as a system. Um, you know, I, I'd like to just maybe um, dig in a little bit more and, and, and understand from your perspective, like, you know, how are we falling short on the promise of patient-centered care? How do we measure, you know, if we're able to move the needle? And, and this might be, you know, too, like way, way too kind of abstract, but would love no, to understand from your perspective, like how do, how do we take a measured approach to actually solve for this? I, I think the way you do it, I mean, you, you go right to the heart of things is to, uh, in the case of people with cancer, um, every year about 4 million people with cancer who are being uh, actively treated um, uh, require hospitalization or emergency department admission for complications related to their treatment. And um, uh, of the, you know, I would say 30, 60% of people that go to the ER um, go twice, 60% uh, wind up in the hospital for things that are totally unavoidable. Now those mm -hmm. um, events, um, cost on average about $20,000 a year wow. per patient. Setting aside the fact that people, once you're hospitalized for a complication, uh, you're half as likely, your mortality risk goes up by 50%. Wow. So to be able to deliver something that can reduce those events and therefore reduce the cost, that's the key. That's right. Uh, I wouldn't go into this business if it was just providing a subscription service to patients, um, sort of like an extendedcare.com. It's not, um, this is something that the system uh, has to pay for. I think on the part of payers, they're not really in the position to do all the analytics. Right. Um, so you have to spoon feed uh, this to, to, to people and make sure the value proposition is, is good enough. Uh, the other element is uh, something we touched on before the show, and, and that is um, the balancing the emphasis on the patient with the providers. Um, you know, as a company, uh, I, we've been getting a lot of different voices from people about, well, Doctors aren't going to like it. Doctors are. Uh, my gut feeling is that uh, if you're an oncologist and right now you're short staffed, your reimbursement's being cut. Right. Um, and uh, you only, you're only able to spend 16 minutes 
per visit with patients on average. You spend more time on um, electronic health record stuff. Uh, a program that would extend and enable their ability to provide continuity of care would be welcome. Yep. And to be honest, you know, if I'm not going to waste my time on people trying to convince people that don't get it right off the bat. There's plenty of other, there's plenty of business out there for people that want to do oncologists that want to do the right thing. Yeah. You know, uh, and you have to make sure that it's not something that it, the other side of it is that um, in terms of, you know, you're talking about aligning incentives to the extent, uh, to the extent that a doctor could reimburse for using Mm-hmm. The platform for remote patient monitoring, chronic disease management, et cetera. I think, you know, the, the, at least there's one bipartisan um, thing people agree on, and that is uh, maintaining a reimbursement for remote uh, care. Right. No, that's a that's an a absolute great point. So let let's dig into Prosper a little bit. So you talked about sure. a platform. You talked a little bit about you know partnership with with uh, both health plans and health systems. Um, would love to you know just understand from from you know how how you describe your your platform and and what's the benefit for you know not only for patients but also for physicians and and health yeah. plans as well. Yeah, we're we're an enabler, um, and and what we do is we combine. A uh, capacity to obtain uh, on an updated real-time basis uh, information from uh, electronic health records, labs, genomics, um, prescriptions. Uh, we're even thinking about a feature where, you know, if you want to track your consumption patterns, um, you know, as a way of tracking expenses in any event. Um, and using that data combined with the kinds of subjective experience and use that information to do two things. First, uh, curate a set of services, local services or um, national services to provide support um, mm-hmm. ranging from you know, nutritional counseling, yoga, there's cancer yoga. I didn't even know there was cancer yoga. Yeah. Uh, cancer nutrition. Yeah. I mean, all that stuff. And then uh, overlay that with a navigator type experience mm-hmm. because the human touch is important, but you also need to be nudged a little bit in a nice, nice way. Um, the other part of it is that we have, um, uh, we have the ability to take different types of data, uh, the observational data, the clinical data, um, the, both the objective and subjective data, and um, ask and answer questions about what treatments, what problems pa- patients are likely to be at risk at, find out what causes it, and then find a treatment um, to help avoid it, and down the road, optimize that treatment dynamically over time. Now that's something that no one is doing um, in a business sense. It is a lot to do, but uh, it's it's doable. Yeah. And I think um, you know the other part is that we're transparent about you know most machine learning is not transparent. 
you get a black box readout and the algorithms tell you what to do. Well, yeah. most machine learning can only give you correlations. It can't tell you, you know, what happens if something changes from the data set and people right. change. Right. So we're able to adjust to that and uh, also uh, be able, we also envision being able to adjust um, so that people aren't flooded with stuff. Right. Right. What is it? Is it good for them? Is it good for their lifestyle? Um, just sort of a, you know, curate that. And that changes along the way as well. So a lot of what we're doing is like pulling all these um, elements together to develop a business model. You know, we're not developing. Uh, I, I'm not a big believer in reinventing the wheel. I'm a big believer in, in doing what Steve Jobs did with the first iPhone. I is like, oh, well, I'm going to take this this MP3, put it here, and then I'm going to link to the internet using the cloud here, and then I'm going to create this store where you can, um, you know, I'm going to keep you here on the platform because you enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, there was nothing novel about the components. What was novel was the ease in which jobs uh, delivered music entertainment information right etc yeah so. no it makes it makes a- absolute yeah. complete sense i'm curious how um um how you integrate um consent in all of this because um you know i think that there's there's a lot of different moving parts and we we're talking about um you know pieces that are um, essentially, I believe that most of us, if given an opportunity and framed in such a way that, you know, would you, would you share your data to help future patients have greater hope? And, and that's kind of, that's the crux of what we're, what we're talking about. As long yeah. as we have the transparency yeah. in terms of creating that, that that's, that's truly what we're trying to create here. Um, I would just love to understand kind of your, your thoughts around patient consent. And, and uh, if we're a little too early for that in, in our, you no, know, no, um, no. let me know, but, um, but yeah, just would love to hear your perspective. Yeah. Uh, I don't think of it as consent. I think of it as, um, I, you're looking at what Rabble has been doing reinforce this you're looking for patient earning trust yeah exactly and uh then making it easy and making it transparent so first you got to show that you're on the patient side second you've got to you got to give people something in exchange for um just signing on because signing on is to me i call it the um you have you have kids and i my kids are now older but you know, the dishwasher's here. the The dishes are in the sink. So how it's six inches. How hard is it to take those <laughs> those dishes in the sink and put them in the freaking dishwasher? It's like right? you were you were at part of my seven thirty p.m. conversation last night. It how is, is that just, possible? <laughs> it's, but it's yeah. And so um, you have to incentivize people. And that doesn't mean just sometimes it means giving them money, but also giving them support and services, right? Um, access and so on. And then the other thing is, I think the transparency. We, as a company, uh, the other thing is that the, the consent process ought to be easy, in the sense that we're relying right now upon the. the oh, excuse me, one sec. Let me just there. Sorry, no um, we're. Uh, 
we're relying upon patients linking up to their health portals to get data. Mm-hmm. So we want to make that as easy as possible. We want to, you know, we, we're going to use under the existing HIPAA, you know, we're going to tell people, look, we're going to help collect all your health records. It's in their years, by the way, we're not, we don't own the records. We're right. just stewards. We are bookkeepers. Um, and we're using, we're providing the service for patients so that the next, uh, at the first order, they don't go to, the next time they go to their doctor's office, they don't have to bring a stack or a, a shopping bag worth of data. They right. can just bring this. Yeah. So you get it. I mean, you're, that's what, and the, the second thing is um, uh, if data is going to be monetized, then people should share in that. Right. And it could be just uh, on an altruistic basis, but um, I think the, uh, the opportunity for blockchain and all that other stuff allows you to generate micropayments to patients um, who are generating this data and willing to share it. So, right. absolutely, yeah. it's, it's. I think a, I think that's yeah. It's and, an and opportunity course, you know, for privacy. value exchange. I might I might just yeah. add right. Yeah. So yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, you're always going to find five to ten percent of the people going. Well, I don't want to share my data with anybody. They don't even use an Easy Pass. Um, right. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. Well, why not? Um, well, they have they'll get my driver. Well, they have your driver's license anyway. It's not like they're going to get anything new. And um, but we do obviously like you take the privacy very very seriously, and um, that ownership component I think is in a very valuable in overcoming any kind of resistance or concerns. Absolutely. No, it makes makes complete sense. Um, and I think that, you know, the beauty of that is that there it's essentially leveraging a platform to help patients take back uh, their data and ensure that, you know, it is part of a greater collective if they if they so choose. And, and it, it is part of an opportunity to not only um, be part of that collective to have the right uh, kind of prospective nudges as we as you had highlighted earlier. Um, but also be able to give back and create future hope for future patients. And what a, what a phenomenal opportunity and a gift to be in this space. So, um, right, right, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, thank you. We're almost we're almost at time. So I'd love to just sure. kind of um, understand, you know, a little bit of, you know, for the, our listeners, what would be the best way to actually reach you um, and learn more about Prosper uh, Digital Therapeutics. Well, uh, I guess the best way would be to email me at bob at prosperdtx.com. Okay. Um, Perfect. uh, And that would be be the best. And if you want my wiring instructions, you know, (laughs) who knows, you know, I'm I'm shameless. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. So, well, we'll go go ahead and put that. Folks, um, Aubrey and I are startups. You that's right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're we're living the dream, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> it's it's the real deal. It's not it's not for the faint yeah. of heart, right, Bob? <laughs> oh. 
Oh, that's a whole other conversation. But, <laughs> that's uh, another podcast, like, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, no, I'm sorry, you have the wrong number. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I, but actually, um, you know, I, 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 we close every podcast with this. But are there any final remarks or call to action that you'd like to share? We have, you know, we we bring in uh, people from all sorts so far on on the podcast, and each one is slightly different. Would love to hear yours. Yeah. Well, look, you know, I, I've been fortunate. I have not had. Uh, dealt with cancer. I did receive a insignificant cancer diagnosis several years ago. Uh, but just hearing those words that you that your growth is cancerous, it creates a whole different dimension for your existence. And it's there's an things go through your mind and and you realize that you know, this struggle is one that you have to fight alone. And it's hard to crawl out of that. People should not have to fight and survive cancer alone. And I think you and I are both share the same mission to make sure that people don't don't have to do that. That's right. Yeah. To create these caring communities um, that are there when you need them or um, even when you don't think you need them, but are there just because they care. Absolutely. So. so excellent. Well, Bob, thank you again for being on our podcast. You're uh, your episode number five for us. So we're, we're just starting out. So, um, oh, great. Really well, we're going to have you on our show too. So <laughs> we're going to reciprocate. All right. Sounds, sounds good. Well, looking, looking forward to that. And um, um, anyway, I, I, truly thank you for being on our show. We're, we're excited. Oh, to my my pleasure. So my pleasure. Uh, Aubrey, have a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, you and your family and everybody at Rabble, and uh, we'll see you uh, on the other side of that uh, of that holiday. Absolutely. All right. Thanks again, Bob. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.